This is the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield. Hello and welcome to the latest Liverpool Echo Blood Red podcast. I'm Matt Addison, Ian Doyle, David Lynch and Rich Garner all with me. In what's becoming a familiar theme on the show, we'll be talking about some more drop points for the Reds and analysing some familiar issues. We'll also be previewing the tricky visit to Napoli that comes midweek as the Champions League gets underway. Goalie, though, let's start with Everton on Saturday. I think a draw was probably a fair result on the day. Liverpool could have won it like they did against Newcastle, but I think it probably would have papered over the cracks a little bit. What did you make of the game? Um, well, anybody who listens to our podcast will know that I said it was going to finish nil-nil. So, well done. If you First thing you said to me at full time. Yeah. <laughs> 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 well, you know, it's almost like I actually know what I'm talking about sometimes. Um, paper over what cracks? What cracks? I'm going to ask you, Matt. What are the cracks? You've, you, that's a very leading question. I want you to tell me what the cracks are. Well, I think there's there's probably quite a few cracks at the moment. Maybe that wasn't the, the perfect cliche to start with, but I think the midfield didn't look particularly great. I think the uh, substitution of James Milner coming on at right back wasn't particularly a, a brilliant decision. I know there's a number of sort of things that Liverpool have kind of got their hands tied to a certain extent. I don't think Darwin Nunez looked particularly brilliant. I thought Diaz and, and Salah looked a little bit isolated at times. I think. I think it's fair to say there are there are a few issues with Liverpool in the start. Well, of the, uh, you, could, the you could argue you could argue that all three of those forwards did it the woodwork, so they can't have been absolutely awful. And I think I did a piece on Sally yesterday, basically saying I think he had no player had more, no Liverpool player made more key passes, and only Nunes had more shots. And I think Nunes had more shots than anybody else in the game. Now I know I know it's not exactly going to plan. Although, again, if you listen to me on the podcast earlier this season, I did say it was going to be a transitional season to a certain degree. But um, we can't just keep on going through this. We have to just we have to just go each game at a time. Sound like a manager now. And um, and just look at it from that. I mean, take everything out of isolation. Liverpool have drawn nine of their last 11 visits to Goodison. Forget last season where they won before. The other one that they won, they won in like the 94th minute, wasn't it, when Mane scored? Yeah. So the game just went exactly as the game always goes. Goodison. The difference was is that last season Everton were all over the shop, and this year it looks like they actually know what they're actually meant to be doing defensively. And Liverpool still managed to hit the post three times, and Pickford was out of the match. So while Liverpool were not by any means great, and probably draw was the right result, had they nicked a goal, I don't think anybody could have really complained because you just sat down, looked at the stats, and gone, "Well, well, there you go." The problem is is that everyone's comparing everything to last season, and. You know, Liverpool won four one there for reasons that I've just explained. Liverpool obviously what was it sixty three games, nearly won. You know, came close to winning all four things. That was never going to happen again. And I think people are getting a little bit worried about the way things are going. Yeah, I don't think anybody can argue with the fact it doesn't look right at the moment. But there's a very good reason why it doesn't look right. That's the midfield. You've got a midfield that they haven't got enough players that are more available, which isn't functioning properly. Throw on top of that, you've got certain players like Van Dijk who's not at his best. Trent who was not very good at all uh, on Saturday. Although, weirdly, defensively, he didn't have much issues because I think he made one very good clearance, actually, just before half-time, which he needed to get in. It's gone forward, and that's his, like, his forte. He just His passes were all over the place, and that's the worry. I mean, that's how Newcastle scored their first goal on Wednesday, where Trent tried this ridiculous pass. Well, actually, to be fair to him, it's not a ridiculous pass at all for him. It's a pass he makes all the time. He just got <laughs> it completely wrong, and then Newcastle you know, went away, and that's how they, they got on the attack. Nunes, 
for the first 40 minutes, I kind of felt sorry for him because Liverpool didn't know what to do with him. And who knew that if you play a ball over the top, he can run onto it. And then he has this shot. And then I think since after that, for about 20 minutes in the start of the second half, he was actually quite lively. And he got a few shots away. You can tell he's trying a bit too hard, though, can't you? With, with some of his shots are a bit hurried. But that gave Everton something to, to think about. Diaz for about 20 minutes looked all right. And as, and as I said before about Salah, the last 10, 15 minutes, he was the one who was looking very likely to, to score. And I take your point on substitution, but about Milner. But Milner came on at right back against Newcastle and made a massive difference. So you can't exactly blame Klopp for doing that. I think the problem they had is that Everton straight away went, let's just hit the ball over the top of him to the far post. And to be fair to Liverpool, what was it? About 15, 20 minutes into that, they went, what well, can't we do with this? And then they put Milner into midfield where he was a lot better. So... I do think Liverpool had a few issues now, but you, there's not a lot you can do when you don't have the sufficient players to play the game you want to play. And also then some players who are key to the way you want to play just aren't on form. I mean, the two left-backs, I thought Simicast was OK, Robertson was OK, but they were hard, they've were they hardly pulled up trees this season. I've the pair of them, and we know how important the, the full-backs are to the way Liverpool play. So overall, while I wouldn't say they were cracks, I'd say they were more... What, what, what would a prep, dirty windscreen? Do we say? Can we say it's a, it's, it needs a bit of a wash? You know, what I mean? a bit of a clean. It needs it needs something. Um, I don't necessarily mean that you have to go down to, you know, auto glass and get the whole thing replaced. But I do think that there is, you know, let's put it this way: it was literally three days earlier they beat they beat Newcastle two one and they played really well in the second half, coming from behind. Things aren't as bad as some people are betraying. I just think that. Well, I know Lynchy's going to have a massive fret in a minute because I know what he's going to say. <laughs> yeah, I, do, I think that and the, the transfer window's shut now, so anybody wants a new midfielder, forget it. Um, Liverpool just have to get on with this. And they will know that the, there are sufficient answers in the squad for them to actually get themselves out of a situation that, weirdly, how many points are they off the top four? Is it four or three? It's it's not, but then that's six, six points off top, so not yeah. Not but, a lot. but then they're only two points ahead of Bournemouth, which tells you how early we are into the season. I take your point in terms of the the chances, and they could have obviously won it. But I also think you know there wasn't loads of, of clear cut chances where there were lots of, of shots, which kind of build up a picture of the the game close a few times, but it, it didn't. It, it didn't that's, feel that's like football. that's football. That's yeah. I mean, just exactly how the game works. It, it's not been Liverpool football for the last sort of two, three seasons necessarily, has it? At, at Liverpool's best, but Lynch, I'll, I'll let you come in. Doherty said you you're going to have a moan, so are you? No, God forgive me. I actually agree with Ian. I, I, I genuinely think that this result should almost be viewed in isolation to what has gone before. I think you know the start of the season a bit. There have been some serious issues, but I think. I think there's green shoots at Everton, bizarrely, even though it's a disappointing result. And you could say, you know, the VAR, the thing that went against Everton, that, that's a little bit of good fortune, or is it a good defensive line, I suppose. But I, I fall on the side of positivity, really, in terms of performance. I agree. I think every game you go to Goodison Park is, is going to be difficult. It's they, they make it scrappy, they make it difficult and hard. And yet you come away, there's, there's this bizarre consensus that it was a terrible performance. And yet also everyone agrees that Jordan Pickford was by far the man of the match and Liverpool hit the post three times. So those two things can't coexist and yet they seemingly do in the narrative around this game. I think I think Liverpool did create chances. I think, you know, opportunities, well, opportunities to hit the, the woodwork that many times for starters, but also, you know, moments where, for example, the one where Simicast skies it over, that 
that's sort of a better chance than it looks in, in moments where they were creating danger like that. Um, and I think you've just got to look at look at it as another Goodison Park game where they will make it difficult. The crowd is up. The atmosphere is really intense there. And yet Liverpool come away with, for me, probably the best of the chances and a, a little bit more dominant and, and slightly more control in midfield than they've shown in the past, which I think is fascinating considering the midfield they started with and the midfield that started some of the games earlier in the season that has shown far less control. You know, this is much less orthodox in terms of going much more forward thinking with having Elliot and Carvalho there. And yet, as it as was the case later in the Newcastle game, seemed to almost impose more control just through the, the threat of its attacking quality rather than, you know, using orthodox midfielders to sort of keep possession and, and, and those people who were more, you know, adept at tackling and things like that. It was, I think that sort of gives you a little bit of a blueprint. And I think, it, you know, there, there were several other positives to come from it in terms of Diogo Jota coming back from injury. I think Nunez, yes, at times looks a little bit lost, but they're getting used to him. And, and that's almost like a second debut for him and will be a really important game going forward. I think he'll you'll find it easy when he gets back to Anfield as well. And let's get a goal under his belt and see if he can go from there. Um, and, and we know Thiago's back in training this week as well, which is a, another major boost. So I think, you know, considering what it could have been and what the performances have been at points this season, I, I think Liverpool can come away from that and think, you know what, in isolation, a point's not a bad result there. It, it was a better performance in a lot of elements and there's a lot that we can take forward. And I think... Yeah, these next two games are obviously massive, but I think I think take the positives from the Everton game rather than seeing it as part of this run of dropping points in four out of six games. Not least because that run has still got you within six points of the lead, five points of City, and that you know that and we're talking about a woeful Liverpool start here. There there are green shoots, and I think Liverpool should cling to those going forward because I think you know there was enough, there were enough positives there for me. Yeah, there, there were absolutely positives. I, I do think the uh, the chances that Everton had on the counter were, were just as big as, as the Liverpool ones, to be honest. The Neil Morpai one, I think a, a better striker than him would score that. Everton don't Cody have a better one. striker than that, though, do they? That's the point. Well, no, that's, that's exactly why Liverpool should be beating them. But um, yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah. The, the other one as well, the, the Cody one, is, is literally... Point one of a second. A great defensive line, I would call that. Mm, yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's offside. It's offside. It's just. Yeah. It was going. She was going wide anyway, wasn't it? So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was going wide. That's why why he had to touch it. But yeah, point one of a difference. But anyway, Rich, I'll, I'll bring you in at this point. Let's talk about the the midfield and, and the control and, and that kind of thing. Are you are you with with Ian and, and Lynch? Here? Are you kind of on the more positive side of, of the midfield? Where where are you at with things? Ah, <sighs> not really. Um, someone's got to play devil's advocate on this, I suppose. But I, I, I do certainly agree with the fact that you, you can take this result in isolation. You know, Goodison is Goodison. It's not a particularly easy place for Liverpool to go. The results results have shown that, and I do think it was on balance. It was probably a fair result. Everton looked like they've improved a bit. They were they were starting from a fairly low base, admittedly, um, but but they, they had some good performances across the park and made it difficult for Liverpool. I am worried about this midfield situation, though, and I think that the key word was is not, it's just not functioning, and it doesn't seem to matter uh, which personnel is in there at the moment. The, the balance doesn't look right, and, and just control of the game just isn't there at the moment. So, uh, and I don't know. I just don't know whether the you know lack of um, performance level from the fullbacks at the moment is exposing that even more because you, you've seen many games where you know Liverpool are creating their chances. Uh, uh, through 
Trent and, and Robbo and, and getting the balls into into Salah and, and, and Mane and, and the midfield. I wouldn't say it was redundant, but you know the the, the reliance on them to create those chances is is minimised a little bit more. It just doesn't seem to be the case at the moment, and and, and the balance in there just. Well, it's just all over the case, isn't it? I mean, how, how old is James Milner? Is he 36? Had a good pre-season. Uh, wasn't surprised at all to see him be involved as much as he has been so far in this season because obviously he's trusted, he's experienced and and, and, and a clock favourite to that end. But it's almost like he's he's been that sort of ever-present almost in this midfield at the moment at, at times, whereas the captain has been struggling, now he's injured. Fabino's been in and out, Thiago injured, uh, and, and, and Milo coming in now, an, ex, an, an experienced player, but someone who hasn't exactly set the world alight at, at, at the two big clubs that he's played at. So I, I want to be more positive about it, but um, I, I, you know, if you're asking me who would they have in that three in midfield at the moment, I, I'm not really sure what the answer is. Yeah, there, there were there were moments, Doidi, where Liverpool had control, but there were also moments where Everton, I think, had a, a six on two or a seven on three or whatever it was on the, the counter after a, a Liverpool corner and things like that. Liverpool do need to, to change something in that midfield. They have to get a level of control where that's not going to be possible because surely a, a better team than Everton and better teams than Everton are coming very quickly for Liverpool in the fixture list. They just can't do that against those teams. Well, that's got nothing to do with the midfield, is it? That's got to do with the marking at corners and where they should be stood. I think that's not... I mean, that doesn't necessarily have... I don't think that's got anything to do with control midfield, people breaking on counter-attacks. Um, I just think Liverpool got a little bit carried away at times and Klopp said that. He said we were way too open. I think possibly just keeping one more player back would have solved all of that that issue. They, they were just so keen to score a goal, I think, by that point. Um, in terms of the midfield control, I mean, they didn't really have to control the midfield, did they? Because Everton played most of the game you know, men behind the ball. So if, if anything, you could kind of see why Elliot and Carvalho started because Liverpool knew they'd get loads of the ball and they wanted to create some more stuff. And both of them had played really well against um, really well against Newcastle. I can say, obviously, Carvalho did, you know, first, what was his first start, wasn't it? Yeah, his first start and in a derby and for a Liverpool team that's not 100% with some changes, new players bedding in against Everton team we're just going to sit back and that crowd you know very raucous I think it was asking quite a lot especially when he then gets a dead leg so you know it, it, that also asking quite a bit of Harvey Elliott for a bit in the second half when he was playing in the two midfield which was not quite right I don't think and so I said before to be fair Liverpool recognised that within about 10, 15, 20 minutes and, and made the change so I think it's going to be like that going to be like that for, for a while now is that Liverpool are just muddling through because of the players that they've got available in midfield. They'll some some games they'll get the, the balance right from the off. Some games they they'll have to make the changes. Some games it just won't work. But then how is that any different to any other football game? You know what I mean? It's just the thing about Liverpool last season is that they had so many available players available, so many players who knew the roles and so many players who've been there for so long is that people could just come in and they knew exactly what they had to do. And Cavalio and Elliott are two players who haven't played very much so they're learning the trade. You've got you know, Arthur or Arthur as Theo calls him. Uh, he'll, he'll be coming in and he'll, he'll have the same problem, although of course he's a lot more experienced than those two. And then they've got the added complication of you've got the Nunes up front, someone else that they're, they're having to, you know, that they're having to, you know, adapt to as well. So there's quite a lot going on there. I think that's like it's the old thing about about Nunes is the worst thing that could have possibly happened to him isn't so much that he headbutts Crystal Palace defender. It's that all the players behind him become unavailable. 
So, you know, in terms of the pitch. So it's harder for him to, to get going and that, that in turn makes him a little bit more frustrated. But he's not the first striker that's happened to. This happens all the time to, to, to lots of clubs. It's just that Liverpool... In the, you know, as, as Rich said, Everton were going from a very low base. Liverpool are going from a very high one, and everything's going to be compared to to what happened last season. And anybody thinks that's going to happen again, you know, it, it was never going to happen. Never going to happen. Liverpool spent years building up to that, and then the one player who was a constant in all of that manner is now left. So there was always going to be this kind of thing. And also, one thing, and I mentioned this on a pod the other day that's been overlooked, is Liverpool's fixture list away from home is actually quite difficult. It was the next away game, Chelsea. The three hardest away games of a season are Liverpool, United, Chelsea, Everton and City. And they played three of them in the first four, four away games. So, yeah, it's it's the imperfect storm has happened. But, as Lynch, said, how many points off the top have already forgotten? Is it five or six? Six. Six. Six off five the top. Five off City, six off Five top. off City. Well, it's basically five off the top City because yeah. Arsenal aren't winning the league. Let's not go down that road. <laughs> um, but Arsenal will be a team that will be challenging for the top four. And that's going to be Liverpool's most immediate aim for this season, for the, the majority of it now. They're not they're not soft. And I think I think Klopp was talking with some people going out leaving the ground actually on Saturday that Klopp's next job, and he's already started, he's going to be managing expectations because while the miserable likes of me could see this coming, there's an awful lot of supporters who, who couldn't see this coming and thought they'd just be challenging City straight away for the league. And they're going to have to learn that it's going to be a little bit different this season. And... It could well be, as we, as a lot of us suspected, it's going to be two seasons just put together. The first bit, see how far behind you get, and then the second bit, which is starts in December when you'd like to think Liverpool have quite a lot of players back by then, and everybody would have been, you know, got settled in. And as we've said quite a few times on these podcasts, a lot of the players are not going to be in the World Cup, so they'll get a bit of a rest. It will be interesting, just, sorry, interesting to see what happens. So for Liverpool in the Premier League, the job over the next, how many games is it? 12? 12 until they, they split, I think it's 12. Their job is just to basically just try and stay, you know, hang in there. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. I think we expected a bit of a difference in terms of the fluidity and the performances, but I suppose if Diogo Jota had been fit, if Thiago had stayed fit the first few games, maybe you get that adjustment, but you also managed to beat Fulham. You also managed to get that goal against Palace, maybe though, and Nunez doesn't get sent off, maybe that sort of changes that one as well. So I think it can be a little bit of, of both, can't it? But um, let, let's just touch on, on Artur now, Lynchy. I mean, is is he is he the answer almost to, to the midfield? Is it too early to, to just throw him in? We'll, we'll come on to, to Napoli very shortly, but it, it does seem like a, a bit of a, a risk almost to, to put him in straight away and, and expect him to adapt, considering all of the other adaptations that are going to be happening around him at the same time. Yeah, I, I doubt even Liverpool's recruitment staff see him as the answer. I, I'm very sceptical about the idea that that the permanent clause in his contract is going to get triggered at any point. I just can't see it. I think, you know, it, it's got to be taken as what it was, with, which was basically a last gasp bid to get a body in. I'm not saying he's a totally terrible footballer or anything like that, but I just don't think he's a long-term fit for Liverpool. And I, I really can't see that they, they see him in that way either. Um, and in terms of, you know, making an instant impact, you know, that's going to be difficult because he hasn't played for a while. Um, so the, the match fitness isn't there. So, you know, he's almost got to embark on his own little mini preseason, also get used to how Liverpool play. Um, but the options are so thin there that you wonder whether they will just take the risk of throwing him in. You know, I suppose they've got very little choice in terms of if they want to keep 
some element of rotation going until they get some bodies back in midfield. They, they are probably going to have to use him straight away, which is a, a difficult situation to be in. One that doesn't make it easier to sort of think that the performances are going to suddenly massively improve in terms of control in the midfield unless he just, you know, beats all expectations and really hits the ground running, which, you know, may, maybe could happen. Um, but yeah, very much a, a sort of stopgap to get a body in. Um, so that Liverpool can go after the sort of preferred targets further down the line, and you know, and anything he does contribute this season really will, I, I think, should be seen as a bonus. To be honest, yeah, I can almost see it. I can almost see it now. By the way, fan websites. He's not a totally terrible footballer. Disrespected <laughs> Liverpool journalist passes verdict on some signing. <laughs> hey, if someone said that about me, I'd be absolutely made up. <laughs> Disrespected. <laughs> if that's not a glowing endorsement, I don't know what is. <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah, no, I, I think you, you're spot on. To be fair, Lynch, I think the uh, the 32 million uh, clause, isn't it? I think at the end of the season, that feels very much like a convincing Artur that they do they do like him, trust us. Even though we we move for you late, but we do we do trust you. Um, yeah, we'll uh, we'll see what happens with that. Just before we we move on to, to Napoli, then let's finish on a, another couple of, of positives. We kind of mentioned them already, Rich, in terms of, of Jota, Thiago coming back. Is is that what it's going to take really for Liverpool to, to get that consistency of performance? Is it just a case of get one or two players back and, and things could look a little bit different? I think so. Um, Thiago's clearly become very important to Liverpool's midfield now. Um, and we're just back on the on the, the uh, subject of control. I think I think he, he can bring that and 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 maybe a bit of reassurance to some of the other players around him as well. I, think, I thought Jota and his little cameo looked very lively when he came on at Goodison. I was quite quite uh, uh, quite pleased to see him back in the fold. And and you wonder um, what Klopp will do now. Whether how quickly he'll want to uh, get him back on the pitch from the start, or whether he'll He'll buy this time with uh, with his current trio, um, but yeah, he, the, the 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 simple fact of the matter is he's now got options, hasn't he? He's not he's not being forced to to field pretty much uh, one side. He can he can change things up for different matches or 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 try and try and seek out the weaknesses of certain opponents and, and use the right players for it. But I, I would expect uh, Jota to uh, plenty to do in the next couple of weeks, and I'm, I'm pretty much looking forward to seeing him doing that because he is a player I very much like. Yeah, things have, have got to improve in terms of the performance. If you look at the, the fixture list, obviously Napoli will come to in a second. Wolves, Ajax, Chelsea, Arsenal, Rangers, Man City and West Ham all to come. So, as Tony said before, it is a tricky fixture list for Liverpool to get through. But let's talk Napoli then, Doyle. It's probably quite easily the, the toughest fixture of the group stage for Liverpool. Away at Napoli is, is not going to be an easy one, but... How do you sort of see it working out for Liverpool? Is there is there a case almost that I think maybe that a bit more space behind probably wouldn't be the worst thing for Darwin Nunez? Maybe this is a bit of an opportunity for for one or two players, even though it's going to be really tough. I think the first thing is, are the police there for you, Matt? Seagulls and who else was there? There's been quite a few different. There was police last time as well. Everything <laughs> happens around yours, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, I do live yeah. next to a police station. I should point out. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's what they all say. Um, <laughs> oh right, Na- Na- Napoli, Naples. Yes, yes. yes. That's a th- it'll be a third time for me. Um, looking for the hat trick of. Yeah, well, we can imagine what that's all about. Um, the actual game itself. I mean, it again. I was looking at Napoli's. <clears throat> the Napoli don't have a lot of players who you say are recognisable 
yeah, because it's a strange one for us here in England because obviously when I was growing up, Italian football was a big deal. It was on Channel 4, et cetera, et cetera. Now it's not, and it's it's still not difficult to find it, but the, the players aren't quite as prominent as they used to be. And I think there's there aren't many players in the, in the Napoli squad that, say, apart from the, the football manager crew, would know who they are. So, But they've got some good results. They've, 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 they're not far off the top of the table, are they're they? Top. At the moment. They, are, they top. are top. There you go. They can't get any any more nearer than actually being <laughs> on top. So, you know, so that, that shows you. I did see that they did win at the weekend at Lazio 2-1, so I've been paying some attention. Um, I just didn't they, they are yesterday. they are top, but they have won three and drawn two, so they're not mm. absolutely flying. But they are top. You Danese beat Roma three 0 I think it was last night, and I kept Roma off the top. There we go, there we go. So yeah, so Napoli have been doing quite well. Um, it's 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 a strange one because I've been there twice before and seen Liverpool play. First one was years ago in Europa League, drew nil nil, absolute waste of time. Um, they got beat 2-0 the last time I was there. And in between, they also lost 1-0. They were in successive Champions League. Group games were... It was very early on in the group. It was the first away game, which, again, that's three times in a row now that's happened, which is, again, unusual. And Liverpool finish at home to Napoli. Now, that is very unusual. So, they can't really... I mean, I just personally... Just talk generally the, the group as a whole. I think it's going to be really close. I think they can all beat each other, if I'm being honest, certainly at the moment. You'd expect Liverpool to get through because they are the better team, but... Going to, to going to Naples and Ajax with fans in this time and Rangers. I mean, Rangers in particular, that'll be a very, you know, intense occasion. So you can see anything could happen in those. Yeah, and then Napoli's probably the one game Liverpool, the one team Liverpool didn't really want because they played them so many times recently. There's nothing new there, even though a lot of the players will be. But there won't be any fear from, from Napoli because they'll have played Liverpool. So any kind of fear factor that might be there, say, for example, with, I know they played Ajax the other year, but, that was with nobody there. Rangers might be a little bit fearful, you, you'd imagine. But we know that from Napoli. They'll just they'll just go for it. So I can't see it being in terms of the actual atmosphere, and I believe it's it's going to be a sellout. Too different to what they've experienced already at Goodison and at Old Trafford, if a little bit more, probably a bit more shouty, I'd imagine, um, a bit more passionate. Um, so in that sense, the players can't, you know, they must be prepared for that. In terms of the actual football itself, it's the one thing that English football has above Italian football is the intensity. And the worry for Liverpool is that they've not been able to do that this season because of all the players that are out. So the, the one obvious advantage that they've got might not be there. So it may be a game where they have to look to play with an element of control. And then that brings you back to which players have they got available that can do that, which we'll get onto in a bit with the team selection. So I think Klopp's got some interesting calls to make because... That the next game is just the following week, isn't it? Home to Ajax. So, again, imperfect storm. The one time that the Champions League starts early in the season and finishes early, the group stage, is the one time that Liverpool have got quite a lot of players out. As you can see from the fact they haven't even put Cater or Oxlade-Chamberlain in the squad because even if they're back in six weeks, they'll have missed almost all of the games. So what's the point of them being in it? Yeah, yeah, it's a, a tricky one, isn't it? But I suppose, Lynchy a point would be no bad result, would it? Liverpool don't have to go there and go all out and, and try and win. They've got five more games after that to, to get those wins in. A point, you'd, you'd probably take that. Yeah, without a doubt. That, you know, this is this is definitely the, the toughest game of the group. Um, so, yeah, to come away with a point, especially at a ground where they've been beaten, you know, regularly in recent history, I think they'll think it was it, it'll be good. And I suppose it sort of makes their mind up for them a little bit about what they do over there as well. In that, you know, they're not in unbelievable form. Um, you know, they have got injuries still, and particularly in the in the middle of the park, which is so important in Champions League games. So, 
you know, in the last last couple of times he'd been there, the idea is that Liverpool have been expected to sort of impose themselves upon Napoli and, and be the, the big team in that equation and and come away with a win. Whereas this time, you know, they can settle for it being a scrappy game. They can play as much of a part in making it difficult for, for Napoli rather than having to be the ones who play all the football um, as, as, as Napoli look to sort of hit on the counter. I think Liverpool can go into this and treat it as a real away game against the big Champions League opponent. And that, you know, hopefully that'll play into their hands a little bit, uh, make things easier to sort of decide what their identity is out there. Is Because if they can just take a point, a nil-nil, absolutely fine. And then if you can nick one from a set piece or anything like that, or play a bit of football on the counter because Napoli overcommit, then absolutely perfect. But yeah, there's no there's no pressure on Liverpool to go there and, and and put in a convincing performance and win. I know I know the players and the manager will put that pressure on themselves, but I think from outside, as you say, a point is absolutely fine. So I think that, you know, hopefully that makes things slightly easier for them going out there. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. I wonder whether there might be an argument as well, Rich, that it's just something a little bit different. It's it's away from the league. It's starting to get into a bit of a pack fixture schedule to get into that rhythm that Jurgen Klopp loves. It's it's just a bit of a, a change up. That that almost might help Liverpool in that sense. Yeah, I mean, I had a story up this morning at 6am for all the milkmen or the Alts who would like to read there. Uh, a little bit of Liverpool on the round, way around, exactly around that point that, although... Um, it's been a, a pretty underwhelming start to the Premier League season. Start of a new European campaign does give Liverpool and, and Jurgen Klopp a chance to uh, um, park that for a minute and and you know look look at a different competition and, and maybe with a, a bit of a fresh approach. He's got the same players to pick from, obviously a couple a couple of back. The, those problems that they've got in midfield haven't gone away, but but it is a new competition and it's. It's one that uh, involves less games spread out over the same period of time. So, uh, whereas we look at expectations perhaps being reset in the Premier League, I don't think there's any need to do that just yet uh, in the Champions League, certainly before the ball's even being kicked. I do agree with with, uh, Ian and and Dave that I think uh, a draw there is a a perfectly acceptable result. In fact, I'd be quite happy with a nil-nil, to be honest with you. It'll be another another clean sheet uh, for Liverpool in, in a very difficult ground full of mad fans uh, in an extremely hostile environment. Uh, it's it's just annoying, isn't it, with Liverpool? Familiarity breeds contempt, doesn't it? And in these Champions League group stages, quite often you see the same teams getting drawn together in group stages. I think this must be the third time uh, Liverpool have been drawn with Napoli. So it, uh, I think the fact that um, the, ground, the Diego Armando Maradona Stadium is a lively one probably just adds a bit of an element to this one that might not be there with other familiar fixtures. But... Yeah, I think controlling that game and just getting out of there with a nil-nil, I'd be quite happy with that. And who knows, they might even nick a win on the break. Yes, absolutely. Well, just before we finish the show, then we'll pick our teams for the game. As a disclaimer, we're doing this on Monday before the press conference. Still a couple of days for either players to come back or for more players to get injured. But, Dougie, I'll come to you first. We know it's going to be Alison Becker in goal, but maybe one or two decisions to make across the defence. No, no, giving Adrian a chance in goal. No, <laughs> get rotated in. He made a very good save there last time. Yeah, you can forget yeah. that. Yeah, so yes, it could be aces. Yeah, yeah. So this still looks like, but um, uh, right. Hmm, tough one. Can you come back to me on that? Do someone else first. It is a tough one, isn't it? I, it, I think the fact that Trent came off. Actually, I've changed my mind. I've, I've changed my mind. I've got, I've got it right. Right, Robertson Rob. has to start. Um, yeah. I play Matic, Van Dijk, and put Gomez right back. 
interesting. I would bring Matip in, but I'm not sure I'd go for Gomez again, Lynchy. I think the fact that the Trent came off after an hour probably is more with Napoli in mind than any sort of performance-related thing. But who are you going to go for? Yeah, no, I totally agree. I think I think Matip backfit the importance of getting some games into him, so it's a really good opportunity. And then, uh, yeah, Trent at right back because I think yeah, I think that was that was the idea with that sub because it, it certainly wasn't to make Liverpool play any better. Um, so yeah, you might as well use the benefit of that and, and get him straight back in for this one. And, and yeah, Van Dijk and Roberts and the rest of the back four. Rich, which way are you going? It's tricky, isn't it? The, I think there's a few question marks over quite a few of the positions here, even. I'm, not, I'm certainly not advocating dropping Virgil van Dijk, but even he hasn't been brilliant, has he? But van Dijk's in. Uh, I would put Matip alongside him. Um, back fit, I think it's he's such a key player, I think, for especially for Trent as well, I reckon. So uh, just getting him back in there. It's a bit harsh on Gomez because I thought he had a very good game against Everton. Um, and there is a temptation to, to keep him in the side, but move him to right back. But I am going to go with Trent, Matip, van Dijk and Andy Robertson. Change my mind. I'm changing my mind. I'm dropping Van Dyke. Right. So it's going to be Matip and Drop Gomez. In. Yeah. He needs a rest. <laughs> right. He needs okay. a rest. Right. And also, he's, 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 basically, yeah, I'm giving him a rest. Well, when else can you give him a rest? I think it was the first game last season in the Champions League he didn't play against AC Milan. So I'm going with this one. I'm going to go with Gomez and Matip, and I'm going to put Trent right back and uh, Robertson left back. There you go. There's your headline, Matt. Yeah, interesting. <laughs> Midfield, Doyle? Um, okay, well, Fabinho's got to play. I think um, the guy that Theo calls Arthur will play because obviously he's played in Syria. And yeah. even if he gets an hour out of him, or even 45 minutes, to be honest, because it's five subs in it, that'll be okay. And in terms of the third one, um, ooh, that's tricky. Tricky. I'm not sure whether I want to play Harvey. Don't know. I know who I want to play, and it's not going to be popular. Uh, I, You're not giving yourself a start, are you, Matt? I said Curtis Jones against. Um, I said Curtis Jones against Everton against. All right, I'm going to play Milner. Milner, there you go. There's the three. Yeah, Milner. I, I'm, I'm Milner as well. I think you need that that experience really for for Napoli, but. I can't imagine the uh, replies to some tweets if he does play, but Lynchy. Oh, instead of, hang on, hang on, hang on. If he, if he plays, then why don't they just direct him at Jurgen Klopp? He's the one who picks the team, not us. We're just guessing. Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, no no one does, though, do they? No one ever goes up, you know, no one ever, no one ever does it, do they? No, honestly, no. what's wrong with this? Anyway. On, on, that, on that subject, by the way, people can stop emailing me and asking me why various players are playing I don't, <laughs> I don't have a direct line I can't forward it to Jurgen Klopp I'm sorry I, I will stop emailing you Matt I'm sorry <laughs> Did you, midfield uh, yeah to be honest I had I had down Fabinho Milner and then one other and I'm just thinking who the one other could be and I think you can't keep putting Harvey Elliott in every single game he's, he's still a young player Carvalho has obviously got that that dead leg Curtis Jones, it sort of went under the radar, but he wasn't in the squad for the derby. So that's worrying. Um, maybe a little knock or something. Um, so I think your only option really is, even though it's not ideal, is, is to throw Arter in. Um, you know, as Doyle mentioned, he's got experience of playing in Serie A, so maybe that helps him a little bit of knowledge. And what we spoke about earlier in terms of just getting out there with a nil-nil would be fine. He's a player who does, you know, we've seen what we know of him is that he's good at, you know, keeping the ball, 
um, you know, maybe some safe passes at times, but that might work well in an away game in the Champions League. That might be really helpful um, if you can just help Liverpool tick it over and keep possession away from Napoli. So I think that would be my three. Yeah, if he can do an hour and Thiago maybe can have a half hour or something like that, that might work out. But uh, Rich, your midfield three, you with the, the rest of us or any other shouts? Basically, yeah. Um, Fabino was always in. Um, I had Milner down as a bit of a dead set, to be honest with you. He's the type of uh, dogged character you want in the middle to ruffle a few Italian feathers. Uh, used to playing in, in in atmospheres and grounds like that. Bags of experience, exactly what they need in a game like this. Um, so the only other question mark was whether you throw uh, Arta, Arthur Milo into this side. A good point about his Terrier experience, but he's been brought in as someone who's apparently good on the ball and, 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 and you know can play a bit. Yeah, he will be short of fitness, but I, I'd agree if you start him, if you can get that control early doors, and even if he can't last the game, then you can look to make changes from there in. So yeah, Fabino, Milner. And, uh, and Arta, will it be Arthur midfield? We'll have to wait and see. <laughs> <laughs> Doily, attack. Uh, who? Who job it to attack? Um, <laughs> God. <laughs> wow. Uh, how long have we been doing this podcast and no one's made that joke yet? Um, I wonder why. Arthur, Arthur, by the way, <laughs> Arthur, by the way, has played Napoli three times, once for Barcelona, twice for Juventus, and he's never lost. He's won two and drew one. Oh, no brainer. Admittedly, only started one of those games as Marby played in the other two, but still counts. Um, up front, I think it's got to be Salah's playing, despite the fact that some people think it's rubbish now. Um, Diaz on the <laughs> left. It's interesting up front. I thought Firmino was really good when he came on against Everton, but this is he can't play in midfield in this game, I don't think. And Nunes. This is Champions League, which is where obviously he made his reputation. So he's kind of he likes these kind of occasions. I think I'd start with Nunes. Yeah, got to be Nunes for me. I thought Diaz looked a little bit tired at the weekend, Lynch. Are you keeping him in? Is there an argument maybe for Diogo Jota to come in, or possibly might not be ready? I suppose he's only just come back himself, hasn't he? But which way are you going to go? Yeah, I, I thought maybe Jota on the left hand side just to give Diaz a, a bit of a rest. Um, yeah. I think, yeah, I think it's just as important really to get the minutes into Jota's legs as soon as possible as well. And the five subs gives you the opportunity to, you know, make the sub whenever you want. And um, so I think that, yeah, Jota on the left-hand side. I think up front, I mentioned earlier about Nunez, maybe getting him to Anfield, getting him in front of that crowd, getting in the game that Liverpool are probably going to dominate quite a lot. That will probably be better for his confidence than chasing the ball around a little bit at Na in Naples and, and having to do all that hard work that comes to the Champions League away game. I think it's going to be very scrappy. So, you know, I, I don't think that'll be great for him. So I think possibly ideal conditions to bring Firmino in for a start up front. And then that sets you up then to have Nunez coming in against Wolves at the weekend. And obviously Salah, when he's fit, starts every game. So that's that's my front three. Rich, which way are you going? Um, slightly differently. Um yeah, Salah in on the right as usual. I uh, expect um, Liverpool to do a fair bit of defending in this game and, uh, and having to absorb the ball a bit, uh, a bit deeper in the pitch. And, and I think if you can knock, if you've got an outlet like Diaz, you can you can run in behind them. Um, I, uh, he still looks very dangerous to me, and, and I would have him in from the start, I think. And then if that's not working, maybe maybe mix it up with Jota later. Nunes. Um, 
look, he's been kicking his heels for, for three games. He's had nothing to do. So uh, I'd like to see him down the middle and, and, and causing some problems, even if it's with balls in the air or whatnot, for that uh, for that Napoli defence to give him something to think about. Liverpool play quite a lot of money for him. I'd like to think he could play twice in a week. So I'll go with Salah. Salah and Diaz supporting Nunes as the uh, as the top of the tree. Interesting. Well, let's do our match predictions then. I think I'm going to go 1-1. One, one. I think Liverpool will score, but I don't think they'll keep a clean sheet necessarily. Dodi, what's your score prediction? Can't see Liverpool winning. So nil, it's nil. either going to be lose 1-0 or 0-0. Nil, nil. Let's go 0-0 nil, nil, then. Let's be, let's be positive. Lindsay? Yeah, I think 0-0. Nil, nil. I think it's going to be a horrible game to watch. 0-0. No, no. <laughs> Can't wait. Thanks, Lindsay. <laughs> With your 4 a.m. The Youth League game will be better. The Youth League game will be better earlier in the day, hopefully. Yeah. Yes. Should be more goals in that one. Rich, what are you going to go for? Well, I think I'll complete the binary prediction with a nil nil not a great moment for bt sport but, uh, you know other highlights of other games will be available <laughs> <laughs> absolutely well on that bombshell i think we'll finish up there if you uh, want to catch our coverage of the game as usual that'll be on wednesday we've got jürgen klopp's press conference as well from italy on tuesday evening until next time, though, from all of us here, it's goodbye for now. You've been listening to the Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.